0: So I really liked how he used, you know, one cut, read his blocks, and got upfield. Again, that's a lot to credit the 605 Hogs for making it pretty easy on all backs, including Mark on yeah. on Saturday.
1: <laughs> this is the Splitting Hairs Podcast, brought to you by Jackrabbit Illustrated.
0: Get cleaned up a little bit. Would still like to see him clean up some of the shorter checkdown routes in terms of his accuracy. Not necessarily the velocity on the ball, but I think... We just don't have the beef. Uh, You know, I love Dinkle, right? Three hour, 50 minute freaking game. Good gracious, get your, get it together.
1: You know, Western Illinois had some big boys and that we highlighted them last week. That's that defensive line across the board was an FBS defensive line. Now here are your hosts, Matt Tollefson and Kyle Sheehan. Welcome to another episode of the Splitting Hairs podcast presented by Jackrabbit Illustrated. Matt and Kyle with you tonight. Kyle, how
0: you doing? Doing well, I feel great. Always after a nice dub like that. I liked uh, the, the select words. Matt Zimmer chose obliterated WIU it's always nice to see that show up in the paper yeah
1: uh 42 points in the first half so uh, the folks around me were were uh talking about a pine bluff type of game (laughs) and so uh you know one one person in the group luckily reined them in from that and uh mentioned how bad stig felt about that game and that that will never
0: happen again so uh, you know, we what did we pull Gronowski halfway through the third quarter? I think he got so. one series, maybe. Yeah. Um, and you know, it's always I always have mixed emotions about that, right? Like because when you roll in twos and threes and guys that you know bust their tails and don't always get an opportunity to see see the field on Saturdays, I always wonder. You know, th- this is can we run a little hypothetical role play here of how I would handle that? Because I, I don't necessarily yeah. like the avoidance of scoring, right? So of course, keep everything in context. I don't I don't deal with backlash from the NCAA or the Missouri Valley Conference or anything like that if I'm if I'm gonna, you know, rack up an obscene number of points on a team. But if I'm in the press conference and someone approaches Coach Coach Stig after say an Arkansas Pine Bluff, right, which is a ninety to six Drubbing, You know, I don't think we were going to flirt with that kind of territory with WIU. But when you have guys that you ask to sacrifice their bodies week in and week out, and you have a reporter that says, okay, coach, what what were your thoughts on the game? You obviously had your way. You were able to to do a lot of really nice things on both sides of the ball. Kind of give us your thoughts. I would say, you know, we give these guys an opportunity to – to play and when we get to see twos and threes uh get out on the field our expectation is they're going to compete until the whistle blows for all four quarters so to ask the guys to not score I'm not saying they did that but to ask the guys to not score to slow it down not even give Keaton a chance to throw the ball one time when you know there may be some depending on what plays out let's just call a spade a spade right if Mark continues to play the way he's shown he's capable of playing he's going to secure that job and then then things are called into question with depth and if things are called into question with depth at quarterback you know these guys are going to look for opportunities probably to play somewhere Um, and you know they've had film from previous years but they need to have kind of fresh current film to give themselves the best chance to succeed wherever they may be whether it be in blue and yellow or wherever they go, so that's just kind of my take on that. I, I don't. Nobody, I think, would think a guy like Coach Stig, with the body of work he's displayed, is malicious. You know, um, and that same thing <laughs> happened. Yeah, I mean, this, he's not. He's not a. He's not a guy who's going to rub your face in the dirt. You know, that's mm-hmm. not his mo at all. Um, and he was very humble and uh, was very contrite after the Arkansas Pine mm-hmm. Bluff thing. And it, when thir- third and even fourth string guys were dashing. Uh, the Lions, I believe their name is, but yeah, you know, excellent showing. I think it probably worked out in our favor to knock up more points. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was great to see just what unfolded in terms of time of possession and stuff like that. But what were your uh, rants and raves that you saw? Oh yeah. Rants and raves were actually really
1: fun to write this morning. Uh, You know, last, last week I talked about how I just wanted to get up and get it out of the way. And uh, just you know, flush it as you like to say, and uh, it, it it was actually fun. I was having trouble finding, uh, knowing when to to stop. I could have. There were so many good things that happened that I, I probably missed some things. But the number one, the number one rave that I had that I started with and led with, and this just hit me on the drive home last night, was this team. Although we have some very good seniors is really really young and what we saw granowski and isaiah davis do yesterday and the yankee twins and knowing that zach hines is just a sophomore as well and knowing that uh, skyler kavanaugh mike morgan those guys are just freshmen i mean jeepers this offense this offense could really be scary and what we saw out of the young backers yesterday um the depth the D line has. I mean, just I can go on and on. But I and for, and I, as I wrote in the blog, for those that have followed Jack would Illustrated from the start, I love roster construction. I was that guy that in NCAA football when I played the game. You know, uh, I was I was doing the recruiting. Like I I didn't fast forward or skip the off season. That was my favorite part. I simulated the games. I could care less about the games. Um, so I just love that piece of it, and that's what I'm super interested in. And the amount of depth and talent that we have on this roster coming from the younger, the younger years is just so impressive. I'm just blown away by it. So this team is is not going away <laughs> anytime soon. Like the jacks are gonna continue to be an FCS powerhouse, in in, in my opinion. And Absolutely. with what Mark and Isaiah did yesterday, um, I mean, what, they both had over 100 yards running the ball. Uh, Mark added, you know, 180, uh, four total touchdowns, I believe. He was uh, MVFC Offensive Player of the Week. That got announced this evening. So, man, what more can you ask from a true
0: freshman quarterback at this point in the year? It was pretty wild, too, right? I think we all expected after seeing um, you know, sling the rock a little bit against UNI and UND, you're like, okay, you know, he's got a really, really nice deep ball. Uh, he he uh, was juiced up, I think, a little bit energetically and had to get his emotions settled after the first game, right? So <laughs> some, of the, some of the touch on the intermediate to shorter routes needed to mm-hmm. get cleaned up a little bit. Would still like to see him clean up some of the shorter check down routes in mm-hmm. terms of his accuracy, not necessarily the velocity on the ball, but I think uh, on one I specifically remember, I want to say, maybe late in the first half or early, early in the second, uh, was like a little pitch that he kind of just got a little cute cute with and then a couple passes uh checkdowns to backs out of the backfield i would Mm -hmm. like to see him put it right on their eyes put it right on their eyes nice deliverable ball get downfield so that would be my really only critique of him thus far because he's got you know unbelievable command i really Mm -hmm. i want to you know i want to keep things in perspective and not get too ahead of ourselves but the kid seems like he's got the it factor um but the thing, the comp that I like of him for another athlete, I know people like to do comps a lot, but Taylor Heineke of the FCS level, uh, mm-hmm. I I got to see him play a lot in high school. He he played in front of my cousin in Georgia. And then I got to see him play at Old Dominion because he was, he graduated, I want to say in 12 or 13, but he was, uh you know, a, a little bit shorter. I, I think Mark is probably about 6'2". Um, mm-hmm. I had to guess, which is kind of irrelevant. The way he's playing, I mean, size doesn't really matter. Um, and the way he's able to be fast, uh, in in kind of turn it into high gear. In uh, in score on that long run was pretty pretty amazing. He could pick him up and put him down, so that was really cool to see. But yeah, that's a great comp, right? A guy who can just mm. make the play that's there, extend the play with your legs if you need to, and not afraid to really drive the ball downfield. So that's exciting. And man, like you said, we could have given the the offensive player of the week through the podcast Isaiah, him, O line. Shoot, we could have taken our pick. We could have gone with one of the Yan- Yankees. I mm-hmm. mean. And that's, that's what you love to see, right? You, you love to, to have uh, your pick, your pick of the litter when you're looking for accolades. Uh, post yeah. Victory. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, and we got a bunch of people watching tonight. So um, cool.
1: if, if you have comments, questions, uh, type them in, uh, we might, we'll do our best to answer questions. Uh, we don't have Dallas, our, our producer here tonight. So we're flying uh, solo uh, without, without the expert on Streamyard. yard. Uh, so we'll do the best we can. Um the next, the next thing, and one thing, one one last thing on Mark, uh, Kyle, is that I mentioned in our text group for, for Jack of Illustrated um, that that I was a little, you know, in the middle of the game, a little disappointed because I, I, I saw Mark miss Pierre in a flat route, um, and he threw a nice sideline ball to Jaden, and I think we picked up a first down. Um, but Pierre was so wide open, I'm not sure anyone catches him. And I said, oh. He missed. He missed a back out of the backfield again. Pierre was so wide open, and you responded with, "I kind of like it though, actually, Matt, because for a young quarterback, he's looking down the field and looking to drive the ball, where typically a young quarterback is 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 so reliant on those on those checkdowns and those swing passes, um, and that that's something maybe he can add to his game as he goes along." And so I thought that was just a really good thought, um, and th- that I wanted to share, um, that, that that you that you brought up yesterday. So kudos to you on I that appreciate,
0: one. I appreciate that, man. But yeah, it's like it's one of those things where you always see uh, a new quarterback who's trying to get their feet wet. They're more conservative, right? So it's it's really awesome to see how bold he is and, and how he has that that presence of mind. To I mean, it's do or die. You got you got to drive it, right? You, you throw it deep. That's his uh, his skills. That's his skills coach out there in, uh, in Chicago. So I'm sure, I'm sure he likes seeing that. I'm sure he loves seeing the accuracy and I'm sure, I'm sure we'll get into it later, but it's kind of noticeable the difference in velocity. He has the RPMs when he's spinning that thing um, in relation to some of the other guys we've seen. So, yeah.
1: And I think anyone that watched the, the fall game, I mean, that was what the difference was in that game. You know, you see Mark out there just spinning it into the wind. It's like, dang, this kid has an arm. So,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm going to be honest, Matt. I didn't, this is not a slight to the kid. I didn't even really, I didn't, I didn't really know what to think of him. I I was like, this kid, this kid's coming in to start. Like, who is he? Like, Gronowski, he's missing a K in his letter, right? In his name, right? His last name? Gronk- Gronkowski. Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, yeah, right. But right. that kid's delivering strikes, pun intended. On that one, hey, he's throwing hey. K's.
1: <laughs> How he ran over that cornerback in safety. Oh. You know, he might be Gronkowski there. Right. I mean. right.
0: <laughs> that was awesome, man. Yeah, he I was not expecting that. Yeah, I think yeah. I, my dogs got a little excited because I jumped out of my seat. <laughs> I was like, what? Uh, but yeah. no, that was excellent. And Matt, talk about the weather, man. How about, how about oh, an excellent man. day for football?
1: Yeah. So it, it I, I took that picture right at kickoff and man, it was beautiful on the East side. It was kind of funny because we could look across the field on the West side, the grandstand side, and people had their stocking hats down and their blankets around them and stuff. And in the shade, in the shade, of, shade. it was yeah. cold. And so it was funny, like second quarter into the second half, you just saw a lot of people coming across. And you know they'd come, they just came over and sat on the east side, and that was pretty nice. So, yeah, a couple, a couple things that I want to address, like on the on the rant side of it, uh, two things, and we can discuss it. Um, the the fake punt uh, that 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 they successfully converted on. You know, Coach Steg in his talks earlier in the week. You know, talked about WIU's uh, goofy goofy punt scheme they run a lot of people motion they do a lot of pre-snap uh, realignments and and i knew that is that when that special teams coach jumped up on the sidelines and was acting like he was going to pee his pants i knew that uh that they were running a fake and i started hollering it's a fake and people around me started yelling fake and the players on the field were just looking all antsy and like excited and stuff like you know no poker faces in their body language and uh and sure enough, you know they just what what I what I'm worried about is that is that our personnel on that is so light um, in terms of size that if there's a short conversion like that or a short attempt, um, we just don't have the beef. You know, I don't think on that on that punt because um, our guys were just shoved out of the way, and mm-hmm. it, it took a heck, a heck of an effort by. Uh, uh, I think it was Savion Williamson. Yeah. I'm not yeah. I'm not sure who made that tackle, but a heck of an effort for it by him to beat the block and and not allow that to go for a longer run because he was the last guy and you know, 10 yards um so it just it, it's just kind of a pound issue there,
0: right? Like <laughs> yeah, he, de- he definitely took a lick, um but he got his guy down and that's a that's you got to take your hat off to it a little bit, you know. He, he was really at the sticks. So, I mean, yeah. he, he did, he did everything he could to, to make the play mm-hmm. and do his one eleventh. 11th. I would say there's not a lot of film out there on that. I mean, there's so many different variations of fakes and things like that. Sure. And I'm not, I'm definitely not making excuses for the coaching staff, but this team, I mean, it was going to pull out all the stops to try to do what it could um, after, especially once, to, once you put something on film and you show a little, dent in the armor people are going to try to go to the well they're going to continue to go to the well over and over and over again um we had an excellent kickoff return team in my time at south dakota state and even before it's just like we never missed a beat just continued to reload and then they started just kicking it to the upbacks i caught Mm -hmm. way way too many kickoffs than i would have liked to have caught in my career i mean Hey, I love the love having the ball in my hand, but that's not necessarily within my skill set. So, um, but we yeah. caught them and we just we got good field position. But you know, teams are going to look at that; they're going to see it, and they're going to try to exploit it in the ways that fit their personnel groupings, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you, you make a good point. We're going to need to do something. You know, starters may have to just continue to contribute more, more and more on special team. I know we do have that, though. I mean, I see Adam mm-hmm. Bach out there. Yeah. I've seen Logan out there. So sometimes, man, it's going to have to be. You know, guys like Sabian just going to have to rise up and be like, no, I'm going to – sorry, I had to censor myself there. I'm going to have to knock, <laughs> you, knock you out. <laughs> now I'm going to have to knock this guy out um, and, and make sure that he's not going to win the battle, win the one-on-one battle. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I got that. Another rant that I got, Matt, um, and I know we kind of talked about it as a group, and I'm sure every fan watching is kind of thinking some something similar. Our DBs. I want to see our DBs like – when the referees dictate how they're going to officiate the game, this is the second week in a row I'm saying this, Matt, you have to adjust the style of play to the way they're going to officiate the game. That means if you're playing physical and that's your style of play, you're, you can still play physical, but you're going to have to be in their hip pocket as you're carrying them down the field. You can't have hands on, you can't put arm bars. You can't now, if they do it the first time, it's shame on you, right? You're soft. You need to let us play that. Because I saw excellent coverage, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I really, I really have seen excellent coverage from RDBs throughout. I think the refs are soft, point blank. Our refs are soft, but they're trying to get their work in too. Cause they have a, you know, this. I think I brought it up in the thread. Maybe this isn't the the a the A team refs that are rolling out because maybe others are doing basketball. Maybe others are in big, big tournaments, you know, big money making tournaments. So these refs are still going to have to get their, their work into. So we have to adjust, not leave it in their hands ever. What do you, what do you think about that?
1: Yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, you know, the, the one where Don, uh, right in my corner there of the field, uh, the Northeast corner of the field uh, where Don, Don got flagged. Man, he turned his yeah. head. He was looking for the ball. Um, both players were jostling for position. So I don't know. And, and you know, I got multiple texts um, on Dyshawn's penalty a little bit later uh, where the receiver had him armbarred. Yeah, and like, exactly. it, <laughs> like he didn't. I, I don't know. Like it and it, it, it doesn't help. That after every pass that sails over their head, our D backs are are just looking around. Looking to, for a flag. Look yeah, for looking flag. for a flag.
0: Yeah. Get back to the hole. Don't look at the ref. Yeah. Get back to the huddle. You, you know, you'll see. I'm like, oh man, because it. What what does that tell you? It's like almost instant guilt. Yeah. You yep. Know, like. Yep. So.
1: Yeah. The one the one group we talked about it just a little bit when you were um, going on about um, potential players of the week. Um, we got to talk about the 605 hogs. And, you know, Western Illinois had some big boys, and that we highlighted them last week. That, that defensive line across the board was an FBS defensive line. Yeah. Um, one player from Kentucky, one from Temple, one from Eastern Michigan, and then their reserves were also, um, I think, one from Southern Miss. Their reserves were, were FBS players too, and they were big boys. They were 300-pound-plus guys, and we owned the line of scrimmage uh, almost the entire game. Mark had plenty of time to pass. Um, The holes were there in the running game. I mean, I think the one touchdown Pierre had, uh, no one got through the line, and they completely caved in that right-hand side. And, I mean, Pierre didn't get touched, you know, on a a goal line run. Um, That's pretty cool. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I I really enjoyed what I saw out of them. I've I've, I've actually enjoyed what I've seen from them thus far this year. I think they've played – Pretty consistent, obviously, with the exception of a couple letdowns in which they may have been outmatched from a talent perspective. In which case, their technique needs to be more crisp, and their effort needs to be um, needs to outmatch their counterpart. I really liked what I saw from Egan Lickis, especially pulling mm-hmm. on the powers. Uh, I, I like you know McCormick's play was was pretty consistent, continued to be pretty stout. I I love man, I love what I saw from Zach Hines. He he was just because he didn't catch the ball again. Uh, mm-hmm. two consecutive weeks we didn't go to him one time that's and and you know in an era where guys you know it, it's way more sexy to catch the rock I got I mean he's six foot seven good luck tackling him in open space so to get him to be able to at, at you know young in his mm-hmm. playing in his playing days to be able to fold down the entire line of scrimmage and and to be selfless enough to continue to block consistently throughout the game I mean I love seeing that and that only oh. Looks like Kyle's start, having some backup. Um, yeah, yeah, I was just saying it'll only open it'll only open up some some opportunities uh, down later on, down in the game because we'll be in better yardage situations. Yeah, good. Yeah, one. I thought it was nice to see Blake Coons out there. He didn't
1: have a catch uh, either. It, you know, I'd like to see us maybe look at the tight ends a little more, but it was nice to see Coons out there. Um, You know, who knows when Mike Morgan and Tucker craft will be back. Just again, shows the depth that's on this roster, Uh, that tight end room, you know, there's, there's five really good tight ends um, that, that have been playing um, throughout the year. So, yeah. Um, So we'll go into, it looks like Kyle's having some technical difficulties. So, We'll go into, uh, uh, game balls and Kyle and I had talked about this ahead of time and Oh, there you are, Kyle. Wonderful. And, uh, you know, an offense, uh, we really could, we could give it to Mark. We could give it to the offensive line, but, but I, I think we're going to go with Isaiah Davis. Um, just the way he runs, he reminded me so much of, uh. Corey Koenig and Kyle Manette, with with his style of run that I just loved it, um, and I'd even tweeted yesterday as like Jackrabbit fans are going to love Isaiah Davis. So, what do you think, Kyle?
0: Yeah, I love his consistency, his style of running. I think is something that um, you can build on in terms of staying on schedule. You know, you hear hear a lot of that kind of talk and that terminology in the NFL game because. One of the things that can just kill a team is when you're situationally in third and long situations, and good pass rushers can pin their ears back and just get after the quarterback, really stress the offense in terms of getting, getting them into situations where there's not a whole lot of play calls um, that are going to be designed for third and long, third and eight, third and 10, things like that. So I really liked how he used you know one cut, read his blocks, and got upfield. Again, that's a lot to credit the 605 Hogs for making it pretty easy on all backs, including Mark on, yeah. on Saturday. <laughs> One thing that, that uh, a little bit of a rave, I don't know that I would call it a rave, but I would call it curious to me. Um, and of course I, I have to keep everything in perspective uh, as, as do you and Ben and Brennan and everything. When we're really looking at why, why is the coach calling this? Why, why would he go to that play in that situation? Third and 10 to call quarterback power, going in, I mean, against Western Illinois and some teams that were athletically going to be able to outmatch, I think is okay. maybe, I mean, he knows the personnel like Mark and Isaiah and the offensive line better than we do, but man, I don't, I don't know that. I love that call third mm. and 10, um, really at all <laughs> in, yeah. it, it, you know, against, against other teams like North Dakota state, granted we weren't playing North Dakota state, right? So he makes that call. Um, and and that's in Mark's repertoire, obviously, as we definitely saw. So, you know, I I don't want to be too harsh on it, but I would like to see us be in better situations in terms of uh, down and distance. So, yeah. Do you think one thought that came through my
1: mind on that because I think I had the same reaction initially, like a quarterback quarterback run. What are we doing? Uh, is do you think Eck was maybe thinking four down territory? Yeah, you, you know, know that.
0: That's a great point, Matt. I think. If anything, and I hope – I I don't like this thought process, but it's a smart process, uh, thought process, especially in terms of building momentum, establishing uh, control of the game. Maybe he was thinking four-down territory, but at worst he's thinking get it closer for a more advantageous field goal at worst. Hmm. Um, and Because Fromm is – I mean, he's pretty reliable, pretty solid leg we're starting to see. Um, and I, I really enjoy that. But overall um, – yeah, I mean, we can nitpick and we can get into um, criticizing all day, but I, I think that the guys got to execute, and then they just did, so that was pretty exciting to see. So yeah, I I think overall, um, if we were going to look at uh, some more rants and raves, if we're going through them, I would say blitzes. I'd like to see our blitzes get home a little bit more. Um, maybe we could time them up a little bit better as we're going through practice. Uh, you know, I think working on timing, uh, and our depth, uh, in different formations. I think if we look at some of the things we're able to do and getting the other team's offense off schedule, uh, we were able to force them into some opportunities for turnovers. Matt, I'm just talking about winning the turnover battle. That's one of the Mm -hmm. things, uh, one of my rants, I think I would talk about, uh, our blitzes, right? Our blitzes haven't really necessarily been getting home like we would want them to. Uh, the depth that we're coming from, the timing, it just seems a little bit slightly a step off. We're, we're somewhat uh, behind on that. And I think if we can just get that dialed in a bit more, that could be a real disruptive fa- factor. But when you play more crisp teams, um, like teams like WIU we didn't get home on and we play more crisp teams, they're gonna throw into that void. And when they Mm -hmm. throw into that void and they make the correct play calls, that could be a disaster. So we need to clean that up and we need to, if we're going to do it, we need to do it more effectively. Um, We need to get, we need to have a far better conversion rate on blitzes. So -hmm. that's just my takeaway as well.
1: Yeah. The timing, you're absolutely right. The timing has been really, really strange on the blitzes. Um, And and part of it, it looks like to me, we're, we're trying to disguise almost a little too much that that guys aren't really even creeping towards the line. Um that they're that they're having to cover 15, 20 yards to to get to the quarterback um and really affect the play. And so I don't know, I don't know if it's just some inexperience there. Seven Seven Wilson was a tremendous blitzer. Um Roseboom also when he blitzed uh you know like everything he did played with his hair on fire. Um and so I, I think it, it could be some ex- some experience, you know, lack of experience there um, that we have right now. And hopefully that comes right there again, young guys. The one thing that I did like Kyle that, that I talked about last week and really made sure our, our group talked about too was um, when Western Illinois needed to convert, they ran these clear out crossers over and over and over and over again. And against Missouri state, they had a little bit of luck because Missouri state didn't tackle well. I thought, for the most part, we tackled exceptionally well on those plays and did not allow some run after the catch. Um, And I I was just really impressed with that showing uh, by our secondary to really rally to the football and make sure that they didn't get to the sticks.
0: Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that was a point that definitely needs to be made. I didn't even put that in my notes. But after recollection, when we were talking in our text thread, you called it before they did it. And then when they did it, in terms of the bunch bringing the crossers in third and long, I started to get a little bit nervous because you saw the bunch wall kind of start to take shape as, Mm -hmm. you know, guys like Tate or uh, 81, I can't remember his name, caught the rock coming across the field. And you're like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, you know, this has has potential to develop into something a little bit more. But yeah, like you said, our DBs and our our outside backers really just stuffed it or, or came in and uh, you know, did their job really, really effectively. So that that's definitely really as a whole, the pursuit was far better than it was. I mean, not that Mm -hmm. the pursuit was bad against UND It's just, I liked the rally tackling that I saw far better. Mm -hmm. I Mm love what I saw out of the the front seven, even though we didn't get home a lot, Quentin Hicks beat his man (laughs) almost every single play. If he can get just a hair better jump, it's going to be lights out. Mm-hmm. yeah you
1: can, you can tell he was kind of frustrated. He's searching for that first sack on the year yeah, uh, and Kyle, darn, he's close. man yeah <laughs> yeah, so yeah, do we want to get into uh let's see if there's any comments here again, sorry folks, we don't have our producer today, so and and we have uh, some not good internet right now, so um let's go back. you any more rants
0: or raves, Kyle? Let me check see i uh yeah i mean we talked about situational play calling i'd like to see us win more on first down for that you know we can't have incomplete passes and then you know if we're going to stay uh off tendency which i would say historically our tendency has been very run first in early downs and now it looks like we're maybe trying to break from that or we're just utilizing the skilled players that we have um and kind of going stylistically more into what our offense favors which is maybe air an aerial attack but i would like to see us win more early on uh and then uh yeah i think we covered it pretty much db's adjusting um and then Rays. i just wanted to shout out kickoff coverage peyton schaefer man yeah. he was uh getting down there fast and furious and uh, just emerging like like his hair was on fire to to, to use that mm-hmm. line that that was uh, incredible and then last thing you talked about it but um the true freshman tandem. Man, like the fact that we have four more years, potentially five total or five seasons uh, with these cats, keep everything in perspective. Keep it in front of you. There's gonna be some growing pains. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we can hopefully we can keep those small um in few in number, but I, I like what we've got in terms of our, our longevity and potential there. Yeah.
1: Excellent. So uh, we did give offensive player of the week to Isaiah Davis. Um, we know that's going to be uh, slightly controversial. We recognize mm-hmm. that that Mark um, could easily have it. The 605 Hogs could easily have it, uh, but Isaiah just just again impressed us with his
0: style. Uh, defensively, Kyle, who are we going with? Defensively, I liked uh, what I saw out of Adam Bach. So we're gonna we're gonna give him the nod there. His pursuit. The way he he was able to just hold it down there in the middle um, and really really just kind of set the tone. I mean, in terms of covering a lot of those crossers, you know that can be a nightmare. Um, You know, once something crosses your face, you usually have something coming right back. Um, And I think we just did a good job, really, as a whole. You know, Tets did excellent as well. It's almost one of those situations again where you could give it to almost anybody. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, Cade Terveer just being in an excellent position uh being able to pick the ball off and like looked like he was about to carry you know several players all the way into the the red zone uh with him so that was exciting to see always like seeing a big guy get his hands on the rock
1: yeah I I almost gave it to Cade Trevier just for that reason uh and then I went and looked at the stats and that was his only mark in the stat book uh but he did get dinged up later in the game uh he's okay uh but but what I loved, and I don't know if you saw this on the broadcast, um, just with how the cameras were shooting, mm. the sideline was so excited for him. Like he he must be an incredibly loved player on that yeah. team, um, because they went nuts for him. And so that was so cool to see just the energy from that. And the thing about uh, the limited capacity is is that you can really hear lots of stuff uh, coming from the sideline. And so and so that was pretty neat uh being able to uh to see in his uh his his energy and, and the energy from the team um and then the other guy that I thought about giving it to was uh Josh manskaya the Barracuda yes yeah. uh, his mm-hmm. interception was pretty and I was watching him a little bit earlier in the game and I I, I really thought he was gonna bait uh, the quarterback into into uh, another interception. Yeah. And and he and he ended up making the tackle on a receiver that was trailing him, um but he you could just tell that he was ready to jump a route from a guy on the sideline. Quarterback tossed it to someone coming across the middle and Josh uh, made a beautiful tackle right there. So yeah, I, I really liked what I saw to him on uh, yesterday as well. I
0: mean, I liked, I, I li- really liked what I saw to Josh. Yeah, he was getting guys in place, uh, doing what he was supposed to do, pl- playing his technique. Obviously, baiting guys. He's shown a little bit of a knack to bait guys in, which means he's mm-hmm. he's watching film, and which means he also is very instinctive. Once he once he gets the download of what the offense is trying to do, he can just play fast, and that's that's what you want to see out of guys. That's what you should expect out of upperclassmen. Also, uh, Chase has played pretty stout as well, Chase Norblade. I like mm-hmm. like seeing that. Stallbird is really starting to step up, come into his own, I think, uh, in blue and yellow. And I, I like seeing that. He's very physical. Obviously, he's got a beautiful frame to be able to play with uh yeah. and safety. I mean, I would I would love to. That that's one of the probably the only position I never got a chance to play, and that's because I wasn't fast enough. But uh, but man, that just seems like such an exciting position to be able to play where you're just you're just like the ball hawk there. You're the last line of defense. And if you read it, you can stick your foot, no guessing, and just come up and make a make a play. So that's yeah. exciting. That's pretty yeah. much all I got, man. Um yeah. it's, great. It's, <laughs> great to, it's great to be able to compliment every player on the field pretty much. Yeah.
1: Next next week, let's just go through the roster and say something nice about <laughs> everyone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> hey, we got to get to special teams though. So uh, yeah. again, again this week, this could go to I think three different guys. Ben Dinkle. Cole, Cole from, uh, both were great. Uh, you know, I, I think Jackrabbit nation gets a little bit angsty sometimes on the sky or not the, 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 the pop-up kickoff directional. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and Cole executed those beautifully. Um, as you talked about the up men being uncomfortable, maybe feeling something like that, they, they were not comfortable at all on that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Tony Tate, I think, only had one opportunity on a kick return and uh, Peyton Schaefer stuffed him. And Peyton Schaefer is going to be our uh, special teams player of the week. I think he had three tackles on on kickoff. Uh, The one before halftime, you could hear that pop um, way across the field on the opposite of the field where we were at. Uh, That was a heck of a tackle. and Man,
0: what a fun player to
1: watch on special teams.
0: Unbelievable, man. Yeah, he it just like every single time you're watching him, you're 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 watching for his guy, his counterpart on the kickoff return team. You're like, all right, he's, they're gonna meet up. Usually, it's like a quick stalemate, and then you shed. He was just untouched, like he was a man on a mission. Um, and literally kissing the return man. You know, <laughs> face mask, face mask, to face mask. So it was really. Really exciting to see him be able to uh, establish himself as Mr. Unblockable on Saturday. So that was pretty nice to see, especially because, man, that's a huge tone setter, right? That Mark trucking the DBs was completely unexpected. Um, And now maybe we should come to expect that because every time he runs the Rockets like that. Um, And then same thing, you know, with Peyton, same thing with Isaiah. Isaiah ran with physicality. If you can – exert your will physically on a team, it starts to slowly, slowly take the air out of their sails um, and it's demoralizing. So, um, you know, hats off to Peyton for being the special teams player of the week. Yeah. All right. And we have
1: one comment uh, from our colleague, Ben. Uh, thank you, Ben, for for admiring our <laughs> our uh, spectacles, as you put it. So thanks. Cute. All right. Let's get into uh, – sorry, I had to do that. I love Dallas it. isn't here, so I get to play with all this stuff. There you go. All right. So let's get into our preview of Youngstown State University Penguins. Uh, they come in this week at 0-3, uh, struggling, and um, they have a new head coach. You know, we're, we're so used to seeing Bo Pelini on the sideline. Uh, it, it was fun to see him in Brookings and watch how he interacted with the refs. Um, so their new head coach is Doug Phillips. He uh, started his career at Youngstown under Jim Tressel when Trestle was the coach there. Um, he bounced around a little bit, kind of some of the Mac schools uh, and then got out of coaching for a number of years and was a, was a principal was a high school principal for a long time. And then he got back into coaching. He was at Cincy for three years and then hired back as the head coach, um, you know, before or last spring around this time probably. And so interesting story. And it really, if you look at their roster from top to bottom, he's bringing in a lot of young players. They they are a very young roster overall, not a lot of seniors and juniors. And um, Pelini's staff had become – Really, really, really reliant on transfers, FBS transfers. I'm interested interested to see if what what Phillips is going to try to build. If he's going to, you know, get more, you know, use use transfers as a supplement versus as the as the way you're building your roster. <laughs> you know, um, if he's going to tap into that Ohio and Pennsylvania pipeline uh, of of good high school football players, um, we'll see. So you you dove into their statistics a little bit, um, and and full disclosure here, uh, I haven't had a chance yet to watch and truly study a full game of Youngstown. I did watch bits earlier in the year against NDSU and against you and I, um, but but I was not able to watch their game against Southern Illinois from yesterday. Uh, the weather was too nice here in Western Minnesota for March to uh, be be stuck indoors watching tape. So Kyle, what what do you know about them?
0: Yeah, so they have a mark under center as well, and and the dude was Mr. Ohio in terms of what he was able to do his senior year. Uh, In 15 games, he had 75 touchdowns uh, in, I want to say, the 2018. So he would have been the 2019 class. So he was on the the fighting Bo Pelini uh, recruiting trail. So that's one of his guys. I think, uh, you know, in terms of statistics, he should be a world beater. And, you know, Youngstown States get a lot is notorious for getting a lot of guys who fit the bill, you know, look like Tarzan out there and should be able to, you know, sling it all over the field. And granted, they played for a title in, in you know, mm-hmm. uh, 2016. So we shouldn't uh, shouldn't obviously should never take any team lightly. But they're kind of a head scratcher to me in terms of the type of talent they're able to put on their roster versus what they're able to do executing. Now, mm-hmm. of course, a lot of coaching turnover. Um, you know they've fought through some discipline issues. You and I have kind of talked in past pods about. You know they had us on the ropes last year at home at Stombaugh, mm-hmm. and uh, now we're going to have them at home, so that's nice. Obviously the boys play, um, play emboldened. I think in Brookings, so I like to see that. Now we're we're giving up 19.3 points a game, but you know that uh, that's probably you know something's got to give because we're averaging just under 29. 29- points a game. Um, well, they're averaging only nine points a game. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be interesting. I think we're going to, we're going to be a good running back. He's a newcomer of the week in the conference, Jaleel McLaughlin. He's a two-time Harlan Hill award finalist, which if you know, historically from the Jacks days in D2, Josh Ronick was a Harlan Hill guy. That's the Heisman of the D2 ranks. So mm-hmm. he's going to be a guy that we're going to have our hands full with. Um, they do kind of play to our advantage. They like to do some RPO stuff with with Wade um, as well. And, you know, he, he really had some paltry statistics last week against SIU. They controlled the first quarter. You know, they were up by 12 points mm-hmm. at one point, blanked Southern Illinois in the first quarter, you know, and uh, just kind of their first quarter showing – in terms of SIU's showing, uh, was a lot like the Jacks in the third quarters of, of previous games, but then they were able to turn it on, really assert their will and finish Youngstown and put them away. So um, I like I like our offense, our good on their good, um, our, our offense versus their defense, but I, I love our defense versus their offense. I think mm-hmm. the way we pursue, the way we play, is this going to be really suffocating. It will be interesting to see Um, that coach coming from Cincinnati, you know, Cincinnati with Luke fickle there, they have a really stout program that they've been able to build, uh, some really, some really nice, uh, records and some really good talent has come out of there. So I don't know if he's able to bring that and will it translate, but like you said, I don't think you can do it with all transfers, all FBS transfers. Mm -hmm. We saw, we saw that formula kind of fizzle last week. Mm -hmm. I think when you do that, you struggle to build cohesion you know, it's a little ironic coming from a transfer, but I transferred really early. So yeah. I've been a jack from the get go. But uh, it's it's one of those things where buy in is really tough to establish and individuality kind of can seep into it and it can be more about me and less about we. And so I'm not saying that's the case. It's obviously a generalization, but um, that tends to be stereotypically what happens. Um, mm-hmm. and so. What uh what do you think is gonna unfold on Saturday map? Yeah, so so when I look at their roster, um they, they have a
1: bunch of these guys right now. I can see what he's doing because I, I'm guessing I'm guessing the cupboard when Pellini left was pretty bare. You know, yeah. there's there you look at the roster, and again, I've been doing this. This is my fourth year, and there's not a ton of names I recognize. I almost felt that I was looking at UND again
0: mm-hmm. and
1: kind of like, geez. What's going on here? And um, if you look at again at the, some of these players, you're looking at a lot of Pioneer League players, NEC players, um, D- Division Two players. We mentioned the running back, so you're getting these guys who who maybe uh, excelled at these at this lower level potentially, um, and maybe are hungry to prove themselves. So let's go to YSU as grad transfers and play for a year or two. Um, that's what I'm thinking in my head as I, as I just look at this roster and look at who's making plays, um, that could be an overgeneralization, but we'll see. Uh, Mark Wade though, is super interesting to me from an offensive standpoint. And, and, and I wonder if they're going to let him throw the ball a little more because of how he finished the game against Southern Illinois. Um, what he pass for 90 yards, 88 yeah. yards, something like that. 60 of those came on the final drive as they were trying to drive down the field. Um, to score. So I wonder about that if they're going to turn him loose because looking at his high school statistics, the guy can throw the ball. Um, Last year as a, as a true freshman, the four games that he played in when they trotted him in, it was all quarterback powers or wildcats or something like that. So I I don't know if they don't trust him or what, but man, if you throw for 11,600 plus yards in your high school career, you you don't do that by accident like it. <laughs> so yeah. We'll yeah. I mean, let him throw the ball.
0: Yeah. And, and, you know, he rushed for 1700 to his senior year. So it's not like he's uh slouch toting the rock with his legs, but it looks like they, they were, you know, looking at the the Tribune Chronicle over there Um that contributes to, to a lot of their sports stuff. It, it looks like they, they're struggling to find their own identity, right? So they're yeah. testing some things out. Granted they played, two pretty stout opponents, right? SIU is ranked coming into the year. Obviously, pre- boys. correct. And and uh, yeah. SIU is ranked coming into the year. They were, what, 25th, 24th, somewhere about yep. in, that, in that territory. And then they they hit the Fighting Hawks, descended upon them, right? So it's like, wow, were they overrated, underrated? What were they? And then they, they spanked North Dakota State, right? So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's one of those things where you got to go, okay, maybe they – maybe north dakota was good and obviously i think north dakota is a little bit better than people thought uh coming in or people maybe didn't know what to expect and then uh you know so they've seen north dakota state they've seen um, Southern Illinois, and then now they're going to see us. So I think this will be a good measure. And I think they played West Virginia, didn't they, early on? Well, they, well, they
1: might have played them in the fall, but they played you and I
0: is their other MVFC game. So that's right. you and I blanked them. So they played three yeah. of the. They've played three of the stalwarts and the the notorious, you know, perennial playoff guys yeah. in the valley. Yep. So that's going to be it's it's tough. <laughs> that's tough sledding for a first year coach. You're trying to find your identity. You're working through COVID, but you know what? Mm-hmm. the jacks are dealing with all that stuff too right so mm-hmm. it's like mm-hmm. it's hard it's hard to be too sympathetic but yeah yeah i definitely think they're going to try to do just last point real quick i think mm-hmm. they're going to try to get to the edge and use the space uh just sure. like ufd um a lot of that stuff that sort do in terms of rpo where they you know they bring the jet motion you know they they fake mm-hmm. the handoff try to create wide running lanes I, that that stylistically and schematically was what Bo liked to do a lot of
1: Mm -hmm. And then one other player that that I remember on their roster um, on offense is Christian Turner. Um, I believe he was like a FCS freshman All-American and played a big role as a freshman and sophomore for them and disappeared in Polini's last year, hardly saw the field. And this year he has has three carries, I think. He has five receptions. Um, Just really, really interesting that that a player who as a freshman and sophomore looked like a potential NFL caliber player um, has just completely fallen off. So I don't know what his story is. I'd love if uh, if, there was a, if there's a Youngstown State fan that comes across this podcast uh, could let us know, like, what's going on with Christian Turner? And then defensively, um, the one player that, that I do know is a playmaker, um, Zaire Jones, safety, um, transfer from Vanderbilt. I think he was on the All Valley newcomer team in 2019 and might have received an honorable mention or something on the on the All Valley squad. Um nice player, um pretty heady player. Obviously if he got into Vanderbilt, uh, you know, no slouch in the head. Um and so uh, you know, he's a player to watch I think on that back end. Um as Mark loves to throw the deep ball as we know. Um you know, linebackers are their leading tacklers. Um two guys that that, that are a bit inexperienced um, th- th- coming into this year. But again, they're three games in against three really good teams. Um, they're not really that inexperienced anymore. So uh, interesting to see what the, what the offense is able to do against the defense. That's that really has played pretty well um, against uh, NDSU, you and I, and now Southern Illinois. So we'll see.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I want to see their, their offensive line is said to have been much improved over the course of You know the past couple seasons, so it'll be a good, uh, good insight after them playing probably the three of the the top three, uh, at least as it stands right now, opponents within the valley, right? So Mm -hmm. their offensive line against you and I'll be good. I'm going to flip on that tape this week uh, and and check more of it. I've only taken glimpses of it. Um, I think we we really we got to sack the quarterback. Um, we got to mm-hmm. force their hand, make them one dimensional. Hopefully, we can make them one dim- one dimensional and start to tee off. Uh, I do think that uh, we. I mean, again, we were able to shut down WIU's run game mm-hmm. complete, completely. So that's only been one team that was able to to really get anything on the ground against us. And Wea obviously has shown he's a pretty good running back. I think he went for mm-hmm. like one one sixty three or something against South Dakota. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, you know, McLaughlin is a is a smaller scat back. Um, I think historically we do better against the bigger, phys- more physical backs, but you know who knows? It'll be it'll be exciting. It'll be exciting to see again. Spring yeah. season, it's hard to get really good. We got we got tape on Youngstown, but brand new coaching staff. You know, mm-hmm. uh, he's not. He Coach Phillips still hasn't decidedly named Wade as the starter. I'd I'd be yep. shocked if he didn't roll out and then become the 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 guy on Saturday. But we'll see. Yeah.
1: And and one thing too, I went back and just clicked really quick on on the U and I game. I was remembering that it was a close game for almost the whole game, and it was six zero going into the fourth quarter um, mm-hmm. with you and I up, and it ended up being twenty one to zero. So the Jacks do need to show up this week. Like yeah, oh. there's, there's there are there is no easy weeks in the Valley. We say that all the time, and this is a team that could come up and, and bite us. Um, they're going to play ball control offense. And if we get sloppy on offense and give short fields, whatever it may be, uh, it could be a recipe for disaster because um, yeah, this, this they do have a good defense like
0: that. They need to be respected for that. So sorry, there's my yeah, right. And they always have talent, right? Like we've said, no, no, that's, that's a great point. They always, and they always have talent, like we've said. So if you go to sleep on talent, it'll come up and, and bite you. So, we can never sleep on talent. Hopefully the UND game was enough of an awakening. I don't ever want to see, you know, man, there's talk about shifting the expectation completely to not stubbing yourself or shooting yourself in the foot. Um, That's one thing we really got to kind of change, right? Moving forward. So the Youngstown States, the Illinois States, they can't trip us up moving forward. It's no, no disrespect to them, but the expectation is it's us. And maybe one other team in the Valley that, that really uh, should establish itself dominantly. Yep.
1: All right. Let's get into predictions here. Yeah. Um, you want to start or you want me to start today? Uh, go off the cuff. Let's switch it up. All right. So I am thinking uh, again, a more of a low scoring game this week uh, just with the defense. And and again, they're going to look to milk the clock, I think. Um, so I'm guessing uh, a 27 27-7 Jackrabbit victory. I know that's a pretty good spread, um, but uh, but I think I, I just don't think they're going to be able to score with us overall.
0: I like that. Yeah, I, you know I usually go with gut over analytics, but they kind of tend to align a little bit. I would think um, after just because we've watched so much film on the Jacks, right? We should. Mm-hmm. Um, so with us flirting with nearly 29 points a game, I know that's a little skewed given the 45 point output we had last week, but I think that's pretty in line with what we can expect in terms of our scoring output. I'm going to, I'm going to say 30 to 10. We're at home. I haven't checked the weather yet. I think it should be fairly mild. Mm -hmm. Um, Definitely something we can play in. I don't, I don't think there's a blizzard expected, but even if there were, that may favor us more. Who knows? Um, But so I'm going to go 30 to 10. Good guys. Hey, there you go. All right. Um, Player of the week. Or, who did we, yeah, yeah, who are we, did we, who who we did, watching? Who did we have last? Who do we have last? I had Hines, and I mean, I guess from blocking, shoot, blocking did well, but he wasn't the player of the game, I wouldn't say, obviously. But who did you have? I think I, th- I, think I ran with Pierre, didn't I? Or no, Pierre was against UND. Um, yeah, who did you, Did I have? Mark, maybe I had Mark. Uh, I think you might have Mark, but I know you def- defensively you were close. I can't, I can't, you had Bach, didn't you? I'm Bach, yeah, I had Bach, I had Bach. Yeah, so you he, nailed I that. One. Our
1: backers had to run, yeah, so
0: yeah. Yeah, good. Um I'll go defensively. Um I'm going to go Caleb Sanders. Yeah, I'm going to go Caleb okay. Sanders. He he might not show up a ton in the stat sheet, but I'm going to keep an eye on him cuz I think if he can create some disruption dent the offensive line, that could be a havoc. And offensively, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Jaden Yonke. Oh, there we go. Yeah. All right. I I actually
1: uh, am gonna stick with my theme of linebackers, except it's gonna be Graham Spaulding. Uh That's a good pick. you know, this this season, you know, against UND you had to chase players all over the field, um, you know, on all these crazy motions and stuff. And last week he's lining up in the slots at times, uh, you know, covering one of these shifty wide receivers. And so this is a game built for Graham where he gets just to be gritty. And if it's not Graham, it's going to be Tets. So um, one of those just mashers that just likes to hit people. So uh, and then offensively, um, you know, this might be this is a this is a deep shot right here. So uh, it's going to be Mason Layton right there. I like it. Yeah, uh, that third wide receiver. You know, I don't know. I don't know about uh, Youngstown's depth in the secondary. And so let's turn him loose. Let's see what the number three guy from Madison can do.
0: I like it. Yeah, he caught a tug last week. So that's always a good uh, momentum builder into an yeah. upcoming, upcoming game, especially a home game. So that's that's pretty good. So we got predictions. We got offensive and defensive player of the week. We want to go special teams. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah. Uh, you
1: know, I love Dinkle, right? So. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he played man. We should really talk about that. Uh, you know, Norblade had a down the ball, I think, in the within within the one-yard line or yeah, some yep. really, really tight, you know, in the south end zone there. And then uh, had another excellent punt going in the north end zone where he pinned him <laughs> pinned him really deep. I mean, he's just excellent.
1: Let's talk about that for a second because I yeah. put
0: this in our text
1: group as well. That punt returner caught the ball at the seven-yard line
0: and they marked it at the ten. Bro, oh, I'm telling kidding. you, those refs, like the refs this year, it have been almost incompetent. And it's like, <laughs> I don't, I mean, and, oh, that that was one of the rants we didn't get to. Might as well cap it off with a rant, right? Yeah, right. The the three hour fifty minute freaking game. Good gracious, get your get it together, communicate effectively and clearly. And no, I mean, no, seriously, two yeah. two uh like the fumble that Keaton had. The guy recovered it out of bounds. Our on, our kick that ended up turning into a free onside kick type situation, we clearly recovered out of bounds. I mean, mm-hmm. I definitely would have been over there and be like, oh, no, it was good. We got it. It was all good. But it was clear. Both of them were out of bounds on the boundary line. So make a decision, be definitive, and get the game going. Also, yeah. you don't have to throw a flag every play. Let the guys yeah. play. Let them work it out as long as it's balanced. As long as you're calling the game uh, equitably, you're good to go. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I I hear you. That first quarter was fifty minutes long. Unacceptable. I, I tweeted, that is unacceptable. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oof. All right, man. This has been fun again. Yes, Good sir. To see you.
0: Good to see you too. So, should we end Are, it out on on a typical yeah. note or what? Yeah, yeah. I want to. Uh,
1: actually, I want to. I want to put a plug in for you. Um, if you have not listened to Kyle's interview yet with Brandon Snyder, it. You need to go back and listen to it. We published it Saturday for for people to listen to on their drive into the game. Uh, Kyle, phenomenal job. Brandon Snyder, if you if you listen to this or watch this, um, thank you. Um, Appreciate your authenticity and uh, in what you're doing with your life now, um, helping the young people in northwest Iowa. So uh, thank
0: you, Kyle, for that interview. That was really, really well done. I appreciate that, man. It's really easy when guys like Brandon are open and want to share their story. And I think it adds so much value to the younger guys. Like you and I kind of talked about it in 2019 uh, when we were doing our our onboarding, our on-ramping of this whole podcast. Like we just want to add value to not only the fan base, but the younger guys who may listen to this, the recruits coming in, people who you know are just getting into the Jackrabbit fan base it's a special place, right? It's people who are wanting to do uncommon things together, right? Or common things in an uncommon way together. And uh, the brotherhood carries on after football. So it was excellent to just have him open up. He took the floor and it was was exciting. So we look to do more of those. I'm excited for the features that you're going to try to do with with the coaching staff. We got some good things in store and it's been exciting, man. We're only going to ramp it up in the the B team, I always listen to them when I'm working out, when I'm on the treadmill being, oh, doing, God. when I'm when I'm on the stair stepper doing insufferable work. And those guys are clowns; they make me laugh. So. Uh, that's dangerous, man. I would laugh
1: and, and fall down. I'm not as athletic as you, that's for sure. So, uh, but that's what they but have couple, the handles
0: for for me. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. A couple other things that we need to talk about really quick. Huge weekend for women's soccer. Um, picking up, picking up two wins. Uh. I believe both by shutout again. So they still haven't allowed a goal. And then volleyball got a win yesterday. Uh, women's swimming got a win. Softball went undefeated at the Colorado Classic. Beating no Oregon, yeah, Oregon State team on a no-hitter. Uh, my goodness. So congratulations to the men for advancing to the semifinals. Um, hard-fought victory over O yesterday. Uh, and then they play again tomorrow. And so that's... They play uh, Oral Roberts. And so that's going to be a fun matchup again to watch. Oral Roberts can uh, put the ball in the hoop. That's for sure. So, yeah. um, good time to be a jackrabbit. That's for sure. Yes, sir. Top to bottom. Yeah. yeah. All right. We just hit the one hour mark. That's always our goal to be out of here before then. So, go big, go blue. Go Jacks. Go Jacks.
0: This has been the Splitting Hairs Podcast. Remember to like and
1: subscribe as well as follow Jackrabbit Illustrated on Facebook and Twitter. We just don't have the beef. Uh, You know, I love Dinkle, right?
0: Three hour, 50 minute freaking game. Good gracious. Get Get it together.